Welcome to Spilling Realty, where the realty is piping hot. I'm Ashley, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Kendall. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm sorry if my voice is a little nasally. I'm not feeling well, but I rose to the occasion, and I'm here for the podcast. You're welcome, everybody. Did you uh, get the COVID like Ralph was talking about in his interview, (laughs) the COVID cheer? (laughs) No, I didn't get the COVID. I I think it's just like at least in Maryland the um the change in the weather. So yeah, that hit me like a week. The weekend we went to the baseball game, I like was like coughing on the way, and I was like, I don't have COVID. Like we have so many tests, and we always test like if there's even like a hint that it could be something. I still haven't had COVID, so I'm like, I don't know what it feels like yet. Yeah, but so yeah, that's that's why I'm a little nasally. But again, I always show up for our fans. Yeah, man, gotta do it for the fans. <laughs> so we're uh, coming to you from Zoom today. You can't see us, but I can. We can see each other, and I can see she's got her little octopuses that we keep in the office. And when we were yeah. in the back, oh my gosh, her office is so cute. I just do it from my uh, my couch, and I have Malachi laying next to me. <laughs> I have the dog on the floor. Yeah. Oh, good old Molly. Yeah. Malachi is just like, yeah. he hears me saying his name now. And he's like, oh, hey, mom. Hey, I'm just tired. <laughs> Stop talking. Anyway, uh, anything new in the real estate world for you? As far as the market's going, I'll be honest, it's really slowing down. Um, yeah. At least on my end, not just with buyers, with sellers too. Um, right. And I think a lot of it has to do with these these rates. I think we have been trying not to sound the alarm and I still don't think the rates are like crazy alarming. Like I think someone keeps putting up like rent is 100% interest, which yeah, good point, but it's still really hard to buy right now, I think. And I think we need to start acknowledging that we are entering a more challenging market and there is some unpredictability going on. It's been going on, but I think now it's getting a little more clear that things have definitely slowed down, you know, but it's good that there are some lenders out there that have other programs to help those who are still looking to buy and move on. Yeah. I mean, well, so the hundred percent rate thing is just sort of like laughable to me. I know. I know. Can't afford the home. Then it doesn't really matter. And your only option is to rent. So it's, Kind of like contradictory, but actually, so we had our brokerage meeting today and there was something that was really cool. So one of the lenders who works with our brokerage actually came on and talked about the two for one buy down program. And I've I've never understood that until today. Like I've seen it all over social media, but it was actually, it sounds like a pretty good um, program. And actually you can elaborate on this more if you're familiar the only thing is that you have to get seller help, but basically yes. Yes. it buys down the rates. So say, I guess they're at like, say, just say they're six, five today. It starts for the first year at like 4.5 and then the next year it's 5.5 and then it goes up to 6.5. So it's like a buy down, but then you also, there's no limitations on refinancing, which right. is cool. So Carly, Carly with First Home, which is funny because our interview today is with uh, someone else from First Home. She's actually on his team. She said yesterday, you know, the seller gives a two and a half percent concession to cover the costs, the seller, the seller, like the closing costs towards seller help. And the buyer receives a 2% reduction on their, their interest rate for the first year. Then for the second year, it's 1%. 
buyers aren't allowed to pay for it. So the seller could build it into the sales price or just offer to like cover the closing cost. As you said, there's no restrictions on when they refinance everything like that. So that was Carly Steiner with First Home. She was, you know, giving me more of the lowdown yesterday, just because a few of uh, the people we have working together were like, this could actually benefit some people. Yeah, I think that it could now that I understand because like, you know, I saw it all over social media and it wasn't really like a clear uh, explanation as to like what this program was. So I think that is a good option. But yeah, in a nutshell, let's not like sugarcoat it. We like to be real here. This market is shifting drastically and it's it's tough. Yeah. I mean, this is the hard, the harder part of our career path. You know, what's kind of funny slash interesting to me is I don't know if a lot of people in real estate or maybe some buyers on here that listen, if you remember like last year, everybody was waiting for the market to to drop or to shift. Right. And now I'm having buyers being like, oh no, like the rates are too high. Like we're going to wait again for the market to drop or to shift or to change. And it's so funny because it's almost like this weird cycle and where these yeah. people keep trying to predict the market. And like Jack Hinder says this in an interview when we have him on a little later is like, nobody can predict the market. But for some people who just don't just want to wait for that, that turn in the market while well, it's turning but it's not necessarily turning the way they wanted it to. And I think that's so important going forward. And I think us as agents can even take have a takeaway with our buyers for that. Like when people say, oh, I'm waiting for the market to shift. Okay, well, it shifted, but it didn't shift in the way you wanted it to. Like there may never be perfect market conditions. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think this is great because this is the first like real estate market stuff that we've ever really yeah. done into on a serious level. And I'm, I'm here for all of it. And then the last thing, like kind of before we get into the horror story, I just want to update everybody. If you didn't follow us on social media, I went and got the adult happy meal from McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Someone from our brokerage messaged us on spilling real Instagram and said, I went in my area and they didn't have it. So I went and let me tell you, like the hype is real. It's 1050 and you can get a 10 piece chicken nugget, which is like excessive. I split half of that with Molly, my dog for <laughs> um, a, uh, what is it? A Big Mac and it's fries, a Coke and a toy. Um, the box was so cute. The box was cute. The line was really, really long in our McDonald's, but um, I just wanted to follow up and let y'all know. The hype is real. Like, go, go get that Happy Meal before they sell out. I'm definitely going to go get it. But for right now, let's jump into our shockingly true story. And of course, it involves animals because it's Kendall. Oh, my God. All right. So it's my turn again. And this (laughs) involves an animal. So last weekend, I took a client out showing and the weather was horrible. It was raining. That's probably why I don't feel so well. I'm still getting sick. Anyways, so we go to this home and normally listing agents put showing notes saying, okay, hey, there's an animal in the house. Like, please be aware of this or like turn off the lights, take off your shoes, whatever. There were no showing notes. So we go into this house and my client is coming. I'm like really irritated because it's like monsooning. It's cold. So she gets in the house and I'm holding the door open and out of nowhere, this cat, like, (laughs) yeah, 
runs from under the couch, runs outside. I hate cats. I am scared of cats. So the first thing I say is, holy F, there's an effing cat. And my client, I look at my client and I say, go get it. And she's like, what? (laughs) And then she's like, I don't like cats. I was like, damn it, me either. Hold on. So I literally run down the street in the pouring rain, in my raincoat, in my rain boots. I am chasing after this very large tabby cat. (laughs) If anybody lives on the 500 block of South Chester, I'm on your ring. What color, what color cat? Tan. Okay. So it's tan tabby. And on Chester street, oh, that's such a common cat name, Chester. Yeah. So I'm running and like running. And then I like, every time I think I get closer, I'm like, oh God, I don't want to touch it. So I like, (laughs) I'm so scared of cats. So I like take off my raincoat and start like trying to create this big, like, I don't know, this like tense like thing to catch this cat because I had cornered it at somebody else's like steps, like of their front door. So I finally get the cat. It's wiggling. It's meowing. It's like, oh my God, it almost like scratched me. And I finally had to walk four blocks down back to my clients who were in the house. I get in there. I drop the cat off. And my client's like, oh, we don't like this house anyways. I was going to say, you know what you need to bring with you? You need to bring a cat bag. Have you ever heard of a cat bag? No. The vets have them. They have their, these bags for their cat. Like when cats are really bad, you put them in a cat bag, like out of their carrier, they put them in a cat bag so they can't see. It's kind of like you burrito them and then you clip their nails. I have two cats. So if there's any cat lovers, this is not a bash to cats. I have two. Actually, I have gotten to the point where I can clip my cat's nails all by myself. They will not scratch me. They might hiss at me a little bit. They will not bite. They just know it's time to get their nails cut, but that's, that's. How about instead of all that, maybe the agents just say, hey, there's a cat in the house. Right. Don't open the door. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for sharing that lovely story. Gosh, I haven't had to chase a cat yet. I think I'm I'm a cat whisperer. I just pet the cats. The cats love me, man. They love me. I'm a cat whisperer. Cats know. Cats are really intuitive. Speaking That's it. Of- I'm just hiring you to do all my showings because God forbid there's an unknown cat in the house. No, thank you. I, no, I, thank you. I, I literally thought to myself, I was like, oh my God, like this is how my career ends because the damn cat is, is going to like die or like, I don't know, end up in a shelter or like homeless. I was like, this is how it ends for me. So now that we are... Uh- got our shockingly true story out of the way, we can jump into the wizarding world of Jack Hinder with First Home Mortgage. You, this is this is a do not miss. I swear it's, it's a do not miss. Today we have Jack Hinder with First Home with us. What's up, ladies? How you doing? Glad to be here. What's going on in your world? Just making my recovery from a two-day hangover after the Ravens loss, uh, <laughs> trying to keep up with what's been happening in the market and uh, keep everyone from jumping off the ledge. Living the dream. Yeah, every day. Grinding it out. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being here today. I think we're just going to dive right into it. Absolutely. So obviously you are with First Homes. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about your company? Uh, yeah. We're, and where you're located, all that? Yeah, sure. I'm the sales manager in the Canton branch here in Baltimore. i uh, been with First Home for about five years now. Started my career there. 
Uh, we're local lender, number one purchase lender in the state of Maryland, uh, have been for quite some time. We have always been a purchase driven lender. So even during refi season, you know, our, our purchases are always going to take, uh, take precedence just because we know, I mean, that's what drives the business. That's what keeps you going. And, you know, when rates go up, down, fluctuate, you know, having that referral source and, and having a good purchase based business is always going to keep you profitable as a mortgage company, which is, you know, obviously the most important thing. I like the lack of red tape. If I need to get in contact with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, underwriting our president, things like that, it's, it's a really easy phone call. Um, and it's, it's just been a great company to work for. You um you manage the Canton branch. Do you have other locations throughout the state? Other yeah, other so states? We have uh, we have a bunch of locations in Maryland. We're primarily East Coast, so we're um, from Massachusetts down to Florida. We lend in pretty much every state on the East Coast. I personally lend in West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, DC, Pennsylvania, Delaware, South Carolina, Florida. Nice. Very cool. So outside of lending, who is Jack Hinder? Mm, that depends how far back you want to go. So uh, I think it'll be important to tell the tale of how I got into lending in the first place. That's, yeah, we, that's what we want to hear. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, nobody goes to mortgage school. You know, really nobody goes to study mortgages. There's no, there's no mortgage 101 in college. Um, and I was really interested in environmental science. I always grew up outdoors. I spent a lot of time hiking, fishing, hunting, swimming, uh, grew up in rural Hartford County and uh, nice. you know, situated between two horse farms. So always really passionate about the environment. So I went to Washington College on the Eastern Shore and majored in environmental science. I studied finance as well. My brother said, please, please don't be environmental scientists. You're going to be poor your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and at Sorry that point, to all of the environmental scientist fans out there. I'm still, Sorry, I'm, guys. I still do my part. Uh, I drop a hybrid. Uh, but good for you. <laughs> what a guy. Anyway, back on track. Environmental science is kaput at this point. What comes next? I called a buddy of mine. He was working in uh, consumer lending. Um, and I was like, how do you like your job, man? He's like, it's good. You know, it's, you know, right up sort of what we studied in college, reviewing credit reports, um, advising clients on what products they should be taking. And then you're selling them on refinancing their car or, taking out this personal loan or whatever it might be. And it's the, it's the wild west. There is a lot of incentive for you as a salesman to kind of be a little predatory and like hearing people on the phones and what they were selling to people and what kind of products they're selling them. And it got to be a little disheartening and like kind of scummy. Was it Wolf of Wall Street? (laughs) It kind of felt that way. It's like, you know, they're like, they come in for $1,500. All of a sudden, I'm, you know, you hear, you know, we're talking about like refinancing. Hey, bring me your title. We're going to refinance your car to 250 LTV at a 12% interest rate. They're like, well, I'm at 2%. Yeah, but we can pay off your credit cards, this, that, and the other. And, you know, before you know it, they're walking out the door. You know, they came to 1500 bucks. They left with a $40,000 car note that they're going to be underwater on forever. That's why my dad comes with me when I buy a car. <laughs> that is why Bob Gray comes with me. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, here you go. Just sign. Nope, I always bring my dad. Bob, Bob Gray, Bob Gray, looking out. Bob Gray is a beast. Sounds like that actually sounds like a car, like a car dealership unnamed. Bob Bob Gray Ford. Continue. Bob Gray Chevrolet. <laughs> I, I love that. We Kendall, you have a future in car sales. Hey, Dad, did you hear that? <laughs> We're starting Come out of retirement. <laughs> it is time. So I was like, okay, well, what's next for me? Because like, like I really liked the financial sales aspect of what I was doing, and I liked the credit part of it. So I'm like. What's next? Um, what's next in the saga of Jack Hinder? Um, and I said, saga. okay, well, <laughs> everyone was like, you should do mortgages, you should do mortgages, you should do mortgages. You know, if you like this, this is like the next bigger, better thing. So 
I called a few friends of mine, some agents that I knew from high school, college, and I just asked them, like, you know, I said, who do you like to use when you, like, who's your preferred lender? What are companies that you like to see on your pre-approval letters? Like, you know, what, what company should I be talking to? And a few of them came up and uh, I ended up interviewing with two companies. I uh, really, really liked uh, what First Time had to say. I liked the professionalism. I liked the, uh, I just liked the feel when I went to the office. And so AS over there said, if you get your license, you know, you can start as soon as you want. So after hours when I was done uh, slinging consumer loans, got my license and uh, five years later, here I am. I like having my reputation tied to this company. I haven't found one single thing I dislike about it. And I'm a loyal guy and, and I know that I, I want to be here and, and grow as a manager. Talk a little bit about how you continue to build repeat business because that is really what you've built your business around, which is referrals and word of mouth. We don't really pay for a heck of a lot of marketing. You know, you don't see commercials for us. Right. We're, we're That's very true. Yeah. We're 100% referral based. I love that. And we've been able to maintain our status as the number one purchase lender in Maryland just through referrals. Um, it's not saying that we don't want to ramp some things up here and there in the future. Of course. Um, but I mean, it's been uh, it's been great. I mean, I tell the guys. So obviously, I do a lot of the sales training now, um, especially for the younger or greener people in our business. And um, they're like, you know, what's the secret? You know, how did you climb so quickly? And, and for me, it's like, first of all, the best ability is availability, right? At the end of the day, in this business, you got to make sacrifices. That's what you do because we don't want to go punch the clock nine to five. Instead, you right. know, you're just going to have to be available kind of whenever. Secondly, on our side of things, like we've got to be the experts. You know, we're not just salespeople because at the end of the day, the whole transaction is hinging upon your word saying, I did pre approve these people and this is going to work, even if somebody else said it didn't. When I send that pre approval to your agent, I tell them, we're good. We're going to be good. Coming off of the whole trust thing, the market is rapidly shifting every day and it, it can be unpredictable at times. What are you doing with your clients as far as interest rates and your programs? And how are you assuring them that it's still an okay time to buy and everything will be okay? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is nobody has a crystal ball. If anyone tells you they know what the rates are going to do in the next two months, two weeks, by Q1 next year, they're lying. We have really good predictions of what we think is going to happen. But those predictions have been wrong over the last eight months. They've been wrong over the last 16 months. They've been right, but they've been wrong just as many times as they've been right. Where all I do with my clients is I say, hey, listen, here's where things stand right now. Here's where I predict them based on my data going. If they go to this point, are you still comfortable with this? Does this still make sense for you? Because personally, based on what you're paying right now, here's what I think makes sense for you to do. What is one thing that drives you nuts that realtors do, whether it's immediately under contract or through the process, what's one thing that really just grinds your gears? So one thing that bothers me, and some people do, and it's not really a drop dead thing, but I'll, it'll always bother me a little bit. I like to, I always like to try to be ahead of the game. Um, so when it comes to clients that we have pre-approved, actively pre-approved shopping, looking for houses, if you know that you're gonna go see X, Y, and Z house, and you're gonna ask me to run numbers on it, or they wanna see numbers on it, just give me a heads up in advance. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll have everything prepared. They'll have all the numbers before they go see the house. Um, and they know exactly what it's going to look like. And they're not going to come back and be disappointed. Or it won't be like, you know, again, do I have a problem answering the phone at 10 o'clock at night? Of course not. But, you know, rather than having to get up and, and run numbers at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I already have them done. They're good to go. And they're not going to be disappointed, you know, or surprised. Um, they already know what they're getting into before they go to the, see the house. Save yourself some time if they may be priced out of this house. Um, yeah. and again, I think proactive is always better. Makes sense. I feel yeah. like I'm that's in, a given. I, I'm, I'm surprised into it. people don't do I'm that. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
So now that we have asked you the serious questions, let's get into our fun segment called Plead the Fifth. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going to ask you a question. You can answer it or plead the fifth. I don't think I have a problem. I can probably answer them all. I, I think you can too. Uh, most people, most people do. So far, we haven't had I anyone know. be like, "Wow." I we also haven't gotten too crazy yet. Yeah, it depends how personal you get, I guess, huh? Yeah. So let's get started. Again, we're going to start plead the fifth. I'm going to kick it off, and we're going to do a little game of shag, Mary, kill, Fuck yeah. Harry Potter edition. <laughs> <laughs> shag, Mary, kill Professor Snape's Voldemort or Sirius Black. Uh. I think this one's pretty cut and dry for me. I think it's actually pretty easy. Um, I'm going to kill Voldemort just because that's like, I I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to everyone if I didn't. You know, I'm not a supporter of dark magic. I'm not going to get on here and say that I am. Whether I'm a Slytherin or not, you know, that's up for debate still. Um, but not all Slytherin are bad. You know, the Malfoys kind of gave him a bad rap and so did Voldemort. So I'm, I'm taking him out. Uh, who am I going to fuck? Uh, <laughs> 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 I think I... I think I'd probably fuck Snape. Uh, I think I think he'd be a lot of fun. I think that oh my gosh, like freak in the bedroom. Yeah, the and he's got all these potions, and he could probably mix up something spicy that's gonna like oh, probably experience things you've never experienced before, and it'd probably be just bliss. Um, and he's also oh my gosh, he's also sort of dark, but he's low key passionate, so he might be a tender lover. Um, <laughs> Sirius Black is just just he's got a big heart to the core. He would take care of me no matter what happened. I know that if I went astray. Sirius would wrap me in a big hug and make me make sure everything, you know, it's going to be okay. Wow. You are really passionate. Oh, yeah. So, wow. I know nothing about Harry Potter. <laughs> that was amazing. And I'm just like, this is still so great. <laughs> and now I want to know these characters. I don't know, time to get into the books. I'm rereading the books right now, just in preparation for the fall. Fall season's Harry Potter season. And I got a trip planned in November to go to the Forbidden Forest Experience in Leesburg, Virginia. Oh, Again, you grow up as an overweight nerd wearing glasses. You kind of find you know ways to spend your time, and uh, you know outdoors wasn't always one of my favorite things to do. Uh, that came later. That came later. Came later. You love Harry Potter. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I guess it's my turn, and I don't know if I can top that one. So we That's heard great. You, we heard you're into horse racing, which is oh, yeah. super cool. What would be the perfect horse racing name for you? If you don't already have that horse. So we've talked about a few. <laughs> I, we, have, we have like sort of an ongoing list. Uh, my brother and my cousin and I have a partnership and we, we buy and sell and race together. Um, Hinder Holdings, baby. Look us up. Uh, we have great logos. Uh, but there's a couple names. One that I've wanted since I was a kid was Ham Sandwich. I think Ham Sandwich is, <laughs> I think ham sandwich is a great. That's amazing. It's a great horse racing name. I think it's classic ham sandwich down the stretch. Ham sandwich for months to go. Um, I think that would be amazing. But the other one that would probably take precedent, we've had this as number one A on our list for years now, is Mr. Moet. I'm not going to sing the lyrics to this song, but if you look up Mr. Moet, the song, that used to be uh, basically my theme song when I was first in the industry because I was always popping champagne and singing that song and it would get people going. Uh, but I think Mr. Mo Wet, Mr. Mo Wet would be another really strong horse name. I like that. Mm-hmm. I do too. I like that. I think uh, one of my favorites that I ever heard was I'll have an, or yeah, I'll have another. I'll have another. another. <laughs> like I was like, I, I just love horse names. When she said you're in a horse racing last night. Shove like, wagon have... is one of my favorites. What? No, <laughs> shut up. Is that an? Uh, it's also, it's also Philly. It's a she and shove wagon no. is, is an absolute fucking wow. powerhouse 
of a horse. Chubwagon only wins. Chubwagon was like seven for seven on wins in stakes races and then came in second for her first time a few months back. Um, and she's actually racing in the next couple weeks. About to get old Chubwagon out. Chubwagon. And around the track. Yeah, we're pulling Chubwagon back out. <laughs> I love so it funny. I so love it. much. Okay, you got the next one. No, you can take the next one. Not that you would know anything about this. But what's the worst part of dating a realtor? <laughs> um, in, you could see his face. In, yeah, I guess in theory, if someone were dating a realtor, <laughs> again, yeah, of course, not from experience. Never from Never. experience. Um, it is not always easy to uh, separate business and pleasure. Um, and it also probably keeps me on my toes more than anything else. Like I really can't fuck this up or like, I'm going to hear about it like on multiple different occasions. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of more, there's a lot greater access to me at that point to, uh, berate me about something I may or may have not have done wrong. So again, I've always been pretty good at, uh, blurring the lines between like business and personal life. So I don't necessarily have a problem with it. And, uh, if I had done something like that, it, wouldn't have it hasn't have been that hard for me <laughs> right um other than just uh getting a little more uh a couple more earfuls here and there um but she's not too hard on me that's good that's good do you if guys you're ever, listening do you get into nice. dis- do you get into heated discussions like uh, no sh- that are just more funny than anything <laughs> like <laughs> you know that like no like, uh, no, I'm right well yeah I mean I, well, she knows I'm always right though because like she knows oh. that I well she's I, I guess we'll have to have her on the show. I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> she knows what a dedication I put on the numbers. Okay. And like, <laughs> okay. My numbers are right. They are not wrong. Uh, she's very, very good about making sure people know that um, and why it's important, again, to use someone you trust. Uh, so, it, it, no, I'm not going to go down that path anyhow. <laughs> yeah, you might want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop while you're ahead because now she's definitely going to be on and we're going to be like, why is Jack always right? She's like, what? <laughs> he said what? Yeah, no, no. Thank God this isn't live. Tell us one thing that absolutely nobody knows about you. Hmm. Dig deep into that box. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I knew as soon as that came out, I was like, oh, Whoa. shit. Here we go. That escalated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Hmm. I've been a pretty open uh open book about most of my like really secret nerdy things um i'd say there's probably a couple i still have a pokemon card collection that i check out pretty often wow wow yeah and i like still play pokemon games on the side i have like a bunch of video games i base i play video games a lot what's your favorite video game uh from the past yes Pokemon Stadium 2 is incredible. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's double, a Pokemon movie. 007 GoldenEye, <gasps> incredible. My mom used to play that with Smash my brother's friends. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> Smash Bros. is like, we, like, it's a good one. we play that like every day in college. I still have my 64 hooked up in the basement. Sweet. Uh, and Mario Kart. Like, how, how do you not love Mario Kart? Nintendo 64, yeah. But I guess my secret is probably that I'm still a huge Pokemon nerd, but like, uh, my Nintendo 64 is probably like, if I had to go back and like pick a game, I'm taking the grave, like I'm taking the whole system. You may be able to answer, you may not be able to answer, but I do have another question. So my question for you is, what is probably, for a lack of better terms, the dumbest thing you've seen happen in a deal that made it go kaput? Oh, that's a fun one. The one I'm thinking of is just so basic. 
like of course it would happen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Naturally. I mean the guy the guy literally went he financed two matching Mercedes and killed the deal. No. Um, what? Mm-hmm, both with a twelve hundred dollar payment. What? I mean that was stupid. Yeah, a little stupid. I'd have to agree. So anyway, I think that's it for Play the Fifth. You made it through. Again, thank you so much for coming on and for gracing us with your presence today. It was great to get to know you, hear about your Harry Potter nerddom <laughs> love affair. Pokemon. There's so many, so many good little tidbits from here that we can harass you with now. Yeah, so. Thank you ladies for having me. I no, seriously. We'll do it again sometime. I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh my God, Jack Hinder. Could he have been any funnier? Amazing. Just raw and hysterical. Now we, we have to have his girlfriend on though. Alleged girlfriend. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. That's like from South Park. <laughs> Allegedly. So thank you again, Jack Hinder, for stopping in and chatting with us. We had a great time. We'll definitely do it again. Let's jump into pop culture and we're going to just keep this wizarding theme going with Kendall's first story. I'm going to talk about Hocus Pocus 2. I loved it. I watched it the second it came out. I've seen it three times since. Huge fan. I thought that the director did an amazing job of putting our favorite three witches into the modern world. I loved it. I know that there are like some people that, you know, really didn't like it or they loved it. Like there's no in between. I thought it was fabulous. And if you didn't like it, you're lame. It was so good. Okay. Question. So you said you've watched it three times. Yes. Didn't it just come out Friday? Yes. It hasn't even been a week. I, it, it's just really good. It's easy to watch. It is, is this special. because, is this because Alan was out of town? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alan, you can't go out of town anymore. <laughs> I mean, <it's- laughs> I need him to watch it. But no, I mean, I was right there last week when it came out. I had my wine. I had a candle. It was just great. And I am a diehard fan of the first one. Um, And I just have to say, our favorite three witches look so good for 30 Today, later. I, I saw Sarah Jessica. You know, obviously she looks great, but I didn't see the yeah. other two. They all look great. Like, give me some of that potion, whatever you're whipping up to stay ageless. It's called Botox. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called Botox and fillers. That's the potion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look great. I, I I, really, really enjoyed it. Again, I'm shocked some people are being so lame, but it's absolutely worth watching. I don't think it's for kids. I don't think kids will get it. I think kids might get the, the first one. But no, it was fantastic. I love okay, it. Okay. So this is more for like the millennials that kind of grew yeah. up with Hocus Pocus. A hundred percent. Like a nostalgia thing. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Maybe I'll turn it on. But I have to, I've got to rewatch Hocus Pocus when I've only seen Hocus Pocus once. What? Yeah. What's and it wasn't until, it wasn't until like 2016. Yeah. What's wrong with yeah. you? I know. I know. And actually, I think part of it was because I had a bitter taste in my mouth. When I used to go down to College Park and like party when I was in college, one of the guys we partied with, I wore my hair. I have really curly hair naturally. And um, I wore it curly one night and he told me I look like Sarah Jessica Parker and I was never really a big fan of her. So I was like, I am not. In it. And, and specifically in Hocus Pocus, you look like the girl from Hocus Pocus is what he said. And I was like, 
I'm never watching this movie. And I finally watched it and I did kind of laugh because even my friends were like, actually, you're pretty okay, cool. Now you that I'm looking at you, smart features like. <laughs> now that I'm looking at you, I'm like, oh my god! I know. I was like, oh, and everyone's like, it's okay. She's the hot witch, and I was like, no, she's not. Yes, she is, and she's and like, like everyone's favorite. Like, fine, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thirty, like thirty-six year old Ashley is gonna just take it, but I mean, twenty, like twenty-year-old Ashley, not having it. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think you should watch it. But again, I love this. I absolutely love the original, and I was so happy with the second. So, since we're talking about recently released movies, I am going to jump in and talk about a movie I watched on Saturday night. And I was really excited for it. It was Blonde. It's based off of a book, and it's based on Marilyn Monroe's life. Now, it's important to mention that part of this book is fiction. It's kind of loosely based around her life, but there was a lot of embellishment. I don't, I don't, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if I should have expected what I got, but the reviews were scathing. And I, I don't usually like, I'm not a soft person. I'm usually like, oh my gosh, whatever. They're telling a story. No, this just took it too far in exploiting someone who's not even here on earth to defend themselves. And I appreciate telling, telling a story as it happened, but I was, I actually fact checked like as I was going and I was like, my God, that never happened. Like they said, she was in a thruple that never happened. They went really into abortion scenes and that's neither here nor there, but it wasn't accurate. There's no record of her ever having an abortion. She did have a miscarriage with one of her husbands. So that was in there, but it didn't happen the way they said it happened. And it just, and even the way she passed away, it it didn't happen like that. It it was over-exaggerated to a degree that it showed her in such a negative light and it didn't focus on all of the successes she did have. It just was one traumatic scene. Then it was like, oh, here's a movie she was in. And here she is going off at a director back to another tragic scene. There was a JFK scene that was fictional in there as well. Hold on. So let me back up because this is based off a fictional book. It's based off a fictional book. Yes. Which I get, I get, but they said like, people are saying even, I have not read the book, but people are saying the director went even further. Like, okay. Got it. Just went too far. And I think it was supposed to be a reimagining of what her life probably was like from the inside, but there were so many things that like didn't happen and they were so brutal. Like the things that happened, like it shows a scene of her mother in the beginning, trying to drown her. And there's no documentation of that happening. It's just really like crazy things that like, and they just make her look like all she was, was an unstable person. You know, it's known that she had mental illnesses. It's known that she struggled. Um, you know, she didn't have a father. It's known that she struggled from all of that. She struggled from drugs towards the end of her life, but the way it was portrayed wasn't great. Like, I think, I think if you're going to watch something like that, you know, it's going to be sad. I watched actually it was the mystery, mystery of Marilyn Monroe on her tapes that, that true stuff or a fictional yes yes so it's people who actually knew her and all these tapes of her talking it was still sad 
but it was a lot more truth in these tapes. It was her talking. It was her housekeeper talking how her death actually, how they actually think it happened so much. It dives into the Kennedys and her relations with them. It was just much more, you know, respectful of her as a human. And it did talk about the sad things. It still talked about how she was troubled, but not in a way that she was just this hopeless victim walking around aimlessly with like nothing to offer, but a pretty face. I mean, I guess, I guess there could be like two sides, just like playing devil's advocate again, right? Based off of a fictional book. However, Marilyn Monroe is a classic. I mean, she's an icon. Um, and so I, I did start it and I turned it off. I didn't, I didn't finish. I think I texted you as I was watching it and I was like, not like the biggest fan of this. I am not like a diehard Marilyn Monroe fan like you are. I don't know that much about her. I just thought as a whole, it was really tacky and it was just in very poor taste. Right. Um, it was, it, I was uncomfortable at a lot. Right. And there's other movies that have made me uncomfortable, but as long as it's true, I'm like, okay, this is uncomfortable. Like Dahmer, we talked about, like, that was really uncomfortable, but like, it was true. Like this actually happened. If you're exploiting someone in a way that it's not true and it's like, you know, there, there just comes there, there's a, there's a point, there's a, a fine line you walk. And I think they crossed that line. Maybe they did it on purpose, but I do want to note that there were a few positive things. The actress, I'm not sure if I'm going to say her name, right. Anna DiArma. It might be Diarma. It might be Diarmas. I'm really sorry. But she was, I mean, she, she was great. She really, she took that job and she ran with it. And she portrayed Marilyn Monroe epically. Also, the cinematography was great. Like there was a lot of like, you know, a filmmaker would really appreciate those sort of details. It's the story just didn't add up for me. There, it didn't have its positives. And I think she really shined. Anna really shined. And the, uh, you know, the filmmaking really shined. That's my pop culture. (laughs) Do you have any more for us pop culture wise? Kanye West. Yay. Um, (laughs) Controversy, but I don't even think that's worth getting into. Yeah, we're not even going to go there. He looked fire uh, opening the Paris Fashion Week. But for the rest of the stuff, you know, we're not, it's not, we're not going down that path. (laughs) I'm going to say he did, he did do one thing over there that just made me laugh because it's so Kanye West and it's nothing to do with this controversy. He arrived late to one of the fashion shows and he just walked clear across the runway, like no care in the world, just walked right across, sat at his seat, like so typical of Kanye. Actually, Ashley, you texted me. I did. (laughs) You were like, I want to be that level of badass where... I can just walk across a Paris fashion show runway late and take my seat. I was like, like, oh, fuck yeah. I think you said that's the energy I want. That's the energy I need in my life. Like, I just want to like be like, hey, model, I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm gonna need to take my seat first. (laughs) I like he's such a character and like uh, for better or worse. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not speaking on the controversy. I'm just Kanye West as he is like is just a character. He's an icon. I mean, he is who he is, and he's going to roll with it, (laughs) no matter what you think. So thank you all again for tuning in. It's been another fun week. If you haven't listened to our Catfish Landlord episode, which we released on Tuesday, definitely go do it. That was really great. But again, as always, thank you so much for your continued support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and we will be here next week. Same place, same time. Fresh tea. Bye. Bye.